0: I had I'll be honest, I had a whole segment planned out and it, and it's still kinda doable. But you Greg's described team,
1: half my college date kinda Greg- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome to Atlas Bock, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. Download this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your unusual podcast content. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is episode 47, entitled... Detective Swag Breaks the Case. Welcome, Bacher Nation, and boys, it's great to see you. GK, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Beautiful. J-Lo, what's happening?
3: Not a whole lot. Uh, happier this week than last.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. Good win. Swag, what's going on? What's happening, fellas? Doing good. Philly's holding on to their piece of first, and uh, and we're kicking off Shark Week, so it's got to be good, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the game. So, Reardon Metal handles a strong effort by St. Locash Trash Pandas. That's their name this week, right? Hasn't changed yet, has it?
0: This week, yeah.
2: Joe, your team needed the most points this week to pull off the win you and chris had this weird kind of attempt to jinx each other thing going back and forth i'm not entirely sure what that is but maybe you can give us some insight there
3: i was simply trying to preempt the uh repeat of the hurricane scenario i wasn't going to show him any sympathy this time
2: what's the, hu- <laughs> what's the hurricane scenario
3: don't you remember uh, the world series with the uh hurricane going up through the midwest oh and that's right there was about three days of Oh, this is the worst thing ever! And then he came back and won. Ah, uh,
2: so he was complaining about the hurricane. This was in your yeah. one of your first World Series, right? It
3: was either the second or third,
2: second or third, and yeah. you had lost one or two World Series getting into this World Series. And he was belly aching. That's right about the hurricane, which eventually ended up knocking players out of games that you had. He won, right? Okay,
3: I was, I was I, mostly, I was just pointing out to him in a in a way that. Star Wars reference that I know he likes that uh, it's all about pitching and my pitching staff pretty much shit the bed this week
0: generally that's the case in these it is generally generally uh, if you don't have have Matt Carpenter you're you're going to lose this game Uh the only time that it doesn't matter when you're you're pitching gets a batting score but a batter gets a pitching (laughs) score precisely He might have had the
3: best pitching score of the week, actually. He's on fire. I mean, that score, when you
1: think about it being an all star week. Short sure. yeah. Like I don't, games, it's crazy what a
3: what a tear he's on.
0: I don't think it's ever happened in a short at ten double digits in a short week. I don't think that's ever I mean that's I, I don't
3: remember exactly what it was, but he did something. They showed a graphic during the game that he had done something that only the only other Cardinal to have done it was Albert Pujols twice.
1: Like no, no other player in the history of really field has had as many home runs in a series
3: as Matt Carpenter did this week. Wow. That's amazing. It is.
2: That's not a, that's not a, you know, Arizona diamondbacks history either. That's the, chicago cubs they've been around for a while yeah right, right
1: exactly yeah absolutely Crazy. i mean you know other things he's passing lou brock for a couple of cardinals records for lead off home runs in a season and lead off home runs in a career and you know a lot of like milestones for the cards but i mean man what a fucking tear the guys on
2: that's great good trade there joe good trade then it's uh, served its purpose so far
1: Tim, ha, yeah, it's historic, but yeah, it's fine.
2: <laughs> just
1: serve, service, serving a purpose on my team, we don't get too excited around and metal headquarters. Tim,
3: I'm I'm a little bit disturbed by having to have the highest score each week just to win. Hmm. I'm having Tim luck now.
1: Oh, uh, more sympathy for Joe. I have to have the highest <laughs> score week after week in order for me to continue. Who, who, what me? Ah. And
2: then we. Chris's team loses, and originally in my notes, I put, yeah, you know what, but they have their tickets to the playoffs already, so this isn't too damaging. However, we go to the next game, and the Funkin' Punks now have won two in a row, and they take out Lethal Injection. Now, this was the closest finish for the week, but when we get to the standings, Chris's loss in the Funkin' Punks' tiny little winning streak actually tightens the playoff race in a way that I hadn't anticipated <laughs> I mean, if you remember a couple of episodes ago we were making fun of a three-and-something team having playoff aspirations, I think uh, Jack specifically called out LJ. And now we have a situation. There's only one game between them in the standings, and there's three games left to play.
0: They play each other the last week of the season as well. Nice. Woo!
2: There's going to be some good yeah. games at the, at the last, in the last week of the season, right? Because we have, we have Dreamers 47. We have, um, we have Blondie and Bad Street, right? The shitball, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we have, um, hey, but Theoretically, <laughs>
1: Saint Locash's loss
0: means that mathematically, I could still have seven wins too. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, I and think I beat Greg you went, this week, so fuck right, off. Right.
0: I think Greg has as good of a chance at winning the division as he does coming in last place overall. Still, so there you go. That.
2: Now the is that a combination ball. of the weirdness? of yeah. of this baseball or is it just how crappy that division like if you're if you come in last in that division actually you win at sucking
1: well you and joe are so sympathetic as characters on this podcast <laughs> Fuck. let's get this i want to let's keep going through these game scores i want to hear about the rest of the games this week
2: okay well um we had the philadelphia experiment two beating bad street and um jack please stop fucking winning
1: <laughs>
2: i love it <laughs> i hate it blondie beats 47 Ronan, woo! woo what what a yes. day greg i you know, i looked at the scores this morning and there <laughs> was uh i think it was eight and a half point difference which yeah for all of you in bakker nation That is about as large of a lead that you can go into a final day, short week or long week. At one point, you were within three points, and I thought, well, you know, my pitching staff's doing okay. We're going to lose. But I started to figure out what the points would be. I'm like, ah, am going to be all right. But, man, oh, man, six home runs today. Six home runs today. That's off. I mean, sometimes you just got (laughs) to – yeah, that was I got lucky. Impressive. you know,
1: I mean, and i I was the same way tim I, I as as confident as you were coming into today's game i I was that you know certain that I was destined to lose, and as I texted you earlier in the day, the only thing that really kind of disappointed me for my team's sake is that uh Nomar Mazar got hurt, which inexplicably the fucking website didn't put a injury indicator on there, and so i I missed a game where I could have replaced him, I guess it doesn't matter, because I won. <laughs> But, you know, I was lamenting the fact that I put Kutch in instead of Dickerson, because Dickerson, you know, is back to his yeah. April May self, yeah. where he's just hitting every fucking thing. Yeah. Matt Carpenter light. Like, yeah. Why did not I put <laughs> him in there? I said, yeah, you know, I was thinking to myself, I, I still wouldn't have with certainty won this game, but I sure was a, would have made it a lot closer. And I stopped checking my fucking phone until about an hour ago when I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> half my my team was either on the bench or swatting multiple homers today. It was it was a great win for the Blondies.
2: It was it was an epic day. I mean, and actually if Carpenter hadn't done what he had done, Dickerson's 7 for the week would probably be big news on this podcast. Yeah. And and that he sat on yeah. the bench would be, you know, it'd be painful news. It would be. So, congratulations, great day. Thank you. I appreciate it. The Omission Commission beats the Dreamers. Mm. Now, what's interesting here is Dreamers there's no ground in their division. But Scotty's team winning um, is interesting. I would not have expected us to be having these conversations two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, the Dreamers had a chance to, to pretty much shut it down this week, essentially. They, they could have taken out Omission and, and pretty much made it a, everybody watching Chris at LJ. <laughs> <laughs> and LJ.
2: And, and maybe Blondie, right?
0: Yes. Hey, I'm not the worst. I'm
2: not the worst. So let's start with the Bonds division. St. Locash is at seven and nine. The Funkin' Punks are at six and ten. Blondie's at four and twelve. Every team in this division still has a mathematical shot. You know, who knows? I mean, this could be the start of something big for Mr. Blondes heroes. They could have just oh, yeah. been playing in wait. <laughs> Funkin' Punks have won two in a row. St. Locash has had some really tough losses over the last couple of day, or, or last couple of weeks. i <laughs>
0: I hate to burst the bubble, but I think mathematically, even Mr. Blonde's Heroes is is out of it now. Oh, um, they're they're three games back with three games to go, and about Did
1: I lose on tiebreakers.
0: yeah, I mean, just oh. a, a ridiculous amount of points, but um, sixty point difference, so probably not gonna. Well, you, you should produce. Uh, you should produce theater drama. If, I, mathematically, if you won the next three and he lost the next three, and LJ lost two, I guess, and you outscored, Chris, by an average of 20 points per game for those next three games. Technically, mathematically take the division. There you go. So you're
1: saying there's a chance. (laughs) You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah!
2: I read you. Moving over to the McGuire division, we have 47 Ronin uh, tied with the Dreamers, both at 12 and 4. Bad Street, we can say, Jack, that Bad Street is mathematically eliminated from this division. Is that correct? There is zero say scenarios. Okay,
0: you could have so. said that two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> True.
2: And then in the Griffey division, we have reared Metal at 12 and 4. But get this, Bacher Nation, omission is now at 10 and 6. With three games to go, lethal injection is at eight and eight. Lethal injection is now eliminated. And then Philadelphia Experiment 2 at six and 10. This is a race, and Omission Commission has now inserted himself into the conversation because now Omission Commission just needs to beat one of the three 12 and four teams that are out there right now. So if a team stumbles over the next couple of weeks, whether it's the Dreamers, Ronan, or Reardon, there's this little sliver of light that Scotty could slip through.
3: It's it's actually fairly bright. I have to play the Mondays this week. Oh. And then I play Scotty next week, the following week, and then finish up with Jack. So I play two of those teams. Oh, wow.
0: So again, they, they would have to catch and pass yourself and and or joe um, because the second tiebreaker is points and and again you guys both have them by a considerable amount the dreamers right now are are two points ahead of omission and that's not including this week's game in which omission beat them by more than two so um <laughs> wow so that you know the dreamers definitely their best all they're going to do is catch the dreamers and they're in essentially at this moment uh where they'd have to pass one of you guys so
1: So as a fan, remind me, guys, or, you know, commissioners, when is the trade deadline?
0: That
2: would be on the 31st of this month.
1: So, you know, I'm
2: just thinking, again, I know we've, Scott has... uh, Wait, 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 no, I'm sorry. The 31st of this month is the pickup deadline. Right. Is that the same thing? No.
0: It's the Major League Baseball's trade deadline and our isn't that the 31st minor league that is also our minor league player pickup deadline um, but our trade deadline very close
1: you guys are doing a bang-up job deadline. with the, the league office but my point is nope. <laughs> my point is is that scott has laid out his mid-ball strategy time and time again i mean you don't be, you don't get to be called the mid-ball wizard without having a pretty strong mid-ball strategy. But based on what you just described, him and how close he is, does he make a move? For fuck's sake, does he make a move? Well, history would say no. I know, but he's, he, and he's rude that those indecisions to pick up that pitching staff last year or whatnot. Scotty, if you're listening and we know you listen, my God, man, think about making a move
0: we got, we got um august 2nd is our trade deadline so we got a a week and a half a little more than a week and a half before we can no longer trade players
3: is there a blockbuster trade out there that he can possibly make that would
0: improve his team enough to do that though
1: i don't know that's the question is he even willing to entertain those possibilities?
0: He could have got Matt Carpenter a few weeks ago.
1: Who would have predicted
3: that, though? My God,
0: no one. Well, one of us did. Oh, you predicted that, Joe? Fuck's no. sake! Not only did hell I not, no. Not only did I not predict it, but I, I traded him in both my leagues. So I'm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, did, I traded you? for him
3: because. I thought he would do
0: well. I just didn't think it was going mean, to. He's
3: end a versatile up like dick guy, plays a lot of
1: position. And, right. You
3: know, yeah.
1: Who the fuck could have predicted this? And he's going to cool off and be the same old mediocre Matt Carpenter in two weeks. Sure he is, but hopefully,
2: uh, mean, but it's going to done the damage the for Albies. you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a great pickup for you. It was. Sometimes, sometimes in this league, to win, you just need to be lucky. And in this case, I think he was lucky. It was a good move. It was a smart move. I just don't think that he would. Have expected Matt Comberton to win him a game?
3: Hell no. Yeah, he's one of like three. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here, boys, and I'd like to come back. And Greg, I think you you raised some kind of thoughts in my mind about prepping for the playoffs. And I think we've talked a lot about how to tank appropriately, but I think that you know we've got a couple of owners here that are looking at potential playoff uh, runs, and um, I noticed that uh, we both made moves. So maybe we should talk a little bit about that. And then uh, both you and Jack have been in the playoffs in the past. So let's talk a little bit about playoff prep strategy. Coming up. One, two, three. Wild in the streets. Run it, run it. Wild in
3: the street. Yeah.
2: welcome back, Bocker Nation. Let's talk a little bit about playoff strategy. Joe, I, I saw that today you just picked up Stephen Piscotty. Uh, that looked like a playoff move to me. So, what are you thinking about in terms of playoff moves? Are you looking at trades? Are you looking at the way Wire continuing to pick up uh, folks like Piscotty? I uh, was really surprised that you dropped Marwan Gonzalez. That was to me that was a, a bit
3: of a surprising move. He's a bad um, man's
0: Matt Carpenter.
3: Well, he's also clearly not as as uh, consistent or valuable as uh, Merrifield, who I also have. Hmm. Okay. Um, he does have one more position that he plays, but with Carpenter, I don't need that. It's redundant. The other thing is, uh, you know, I've been hanging on to uh, uh, the ancient Met, uh, Cespedes, just come off the DL, and now it looks like he's going to have surgery, so I figured I needed another outfielder, ah. and I picked up a a young middle infielder because uh, all of a sudden Correa and Albies are getting nicked here and there for a week at a time so I just felt like I needed somebody to replace that and yes it's it's a little bit geared towards the playoffs I, don't, I wouldn't foresee those guys being important on a playoff winning team I think it's going to require my starters um, as far as trades go I'm not in the same position I was last year there, there doesn't seem to be a a trade partner that I'm comfortable with making a, a big deal or two like I did last year. So I don't foresee that happening
1: in what way, Joe, what way aren't you comfortable
3: with them? Um, uh, a little bit of it is like when Dusty kind of referenced it last week, if I'm going to win, it's going to be because of my starting lineup. It's not because of of who I've got backing those guys up. I don't have the depth to make a move and still feel like I can plug somebody in off of my bench. Okay. Um, Dusty referenced last week that they didn't feel that they could trade their, their starting line, or maybe it was Scotty. I can't remember the week before that they, they, somebody mentioned that they didn't feel like they could trade anybody out of their starting lineup and still be a competitive team. I had a little bit better ability to do that last year because trout was worth a lot of marbles. I don't have that. Type of player outside of bets, and I don't want to trade bets.
1: So. Well, who do you have in your minors? Like who are who are your top two or three prospects?
3: Uh, well, that would depend on who you ask, I guess. I'm asking um, you. <laughs> well, let me go to it and see. I don't look at my miners very I often. I have
1: to say, I resent the, all this whole line of uh, answering because I've been trying to pawn off. Jed Lowry on somebody for weeks know. You
3: know? and I'm not to,
1: asking but... for Jed Lowry I mean, he'd be a perfect backup probably he plays the, third base and
3: second base probably my best player would be Naylor or possibly Diaz the guy that was traded in the Manny Machado trade yeah
2: for sure yeah. two home runs in the minor league all-star game
3: yes
1: yeah and, and I've got a lot of guys Lowry
2: but... for a pick for next
1: year you know what I'm saying just think about it Scott if you need to. <laughs> You want to beat Joe? What
2: what did Jed Lowry get this week? What was his score?
1: Uh, he he had he didn't play he today. It's for like it he pinch hit, hit. He has some injured. undisclosed injury now.
0: They gave him the day off. He is um he's been doing so well that they decided to let him relay. He was in the All Star game. I don't know if you heard last week. So he he you know he, he didn't deserve.
2: Little... It. He's never won anything.
0: <laughs> well, I just was I it? didn't
2: know. I was kind of looking at the scores and I saw a zero point before his score. So I just I didn't know if that was.
0: Tell him to look Great. at the score on the bottom, Greg. There you go. Do, was he given the day off for
3: general soreness by any Something chance? Something
1: like that. He is some <laughs> it, it, it says he's probable for tomorrow. With and an his trade
0: value inter-
2: plummets. <laughs> it's <just right> there. <laughs> yeah,
1: he'll be fine.
0: He's a gamer. Um. Yeah. I, I. I actually. I'm not a a big fan of Piscotti, but I noticed that he had been um hot lately um. Peraza actually was was a guy I was looking at. I, I suffered an injury as well, so needed to pick up a middle infielder, so I have a backup. And um, you know, obviously, was looking at the the younger guys as opposed to the older guys for my overall. So Peraza was a guy that uh, it came down to to him and the guy I ended up going with. So um, I, you know, I, I like Joe's bench. Um, I, you know, again, I I wouldn't like a team of his bench in the finals, but going into the finals, I like that bench. Any one of those guys could, you know, Ian Desmond's probably the quietest, um, you know, the guy's, got a chance at what 30 15 30 20 this year um mm-hmm. you know very quietly again merrifield he's you know gaddis is a, a good guy to to have if you need him in the right week he, he could kill you too but i'm not the kind of guy to just sit pat but this is a, a situation where i might do a pitching if anything
1: so jack are you going on record as saying joe's the new favorite to win it all I have I'm no idea if, if I
0: <laughs> Don't speak for
1: Jack, Joe. I feel <laughs> like I can.
0: <laughs> All I'm saying is I wouldn't be aggressively trying to trade per se. Hap is is somebody that that, you know, might be a nice piece for someone you might be able to to upgrade your your, yeah, you know, fantastic. pitching situation. Um hey, but other than that, yeah, I I like I said I think he's got a, a solid bench. Um, going in and and obviously is you know his starting lineup scores points so you know, what was, about you
2: Tim uh, oh well, sorry it, no that's I, I think it's a fair question Greg and um, I, I actually have been active for the last 10 days trying to acquire a few different players um, I really tried to get uh, Charlie Blackman from Mikey I thought hey mm-hmm. Charlie Blackman's 32 years old I'd offer up a couple of stud prospects and young players in fact I offered him up Brandon Nimmo and the two top uh, minor leaguers in my in my minor leagues, Jordan Alvarez and um, Nathaniel Lowe, to no avail. Uh, Mikey said nope. He knows he's not in it this year. However, he thinks he's going to be back in it next year, and that he mm. does not want Blackman to go. And then you know I tried a few different uh, angles and approaches, and you know went through Pop's team, your team, Jack's team. Even looked at some of the playoff teams and thought, well, maybe there's something here, but then that means I'm going to have to trade equal value. So ultimately, I resorted to just going to the waiver wire and really taking a look at, you know, what can I get out there? What who who is undervalued at this point? Probably a little older that has the potential to be a solid backup. And so I may I picked up Carlos Gonzalez yesterday, a right fielder for Colorado. Um, much the same way when I looked at Stephen Piscotty, he was someone I was taking a look at, and so. To me, it was majority of games in Colorado, and I need to put a player in. It's going to be Cargo hits primarily fourth in that lineup. It's a pretty damn good lineup. Uh, sometimes he hits fifth, depending if there's a lefty on the mound or not. And that's about the extent of the moves that I've got. Everything else is, is pretty much baked for me. I can't see a lot more happening before August 2nd, unless something really just pops up out of the blue
1: well you know what'll be interesting though for the playoff teams and and for the teams on the bubble like for me um I, i'm all year long i've been waiting for my some of my elite minor league players to make the big league roster mm-hmm. right and i have i have five or six players on uh, injured reserve many of whom if they came back i would probably just drop let's be honest but as my roster gets more crowded and as I'm definitely out of it, uh, even though Jack insists I have a chance, um, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dropping some major league players. That's just the bottom line. Like Willie Calhoun made the majors because yeah. of the Mazara injury. That's right. Now he may go back down, but if he sticks, then you know, am I dropping a Matt Kemp? Am I dropping a Corey Dickerson or a McCutcheon? somebody who I am just running out of roster space for mm. and might that be, um, you know, might there be a fun race to, to see who can pick up some of those guys as bench pieces for you. I mean, Matt Kemp's, you know, he's got a certain amount of value as does Dickerson or McCutcheon.
2: I'll give you Jacob Gonzalez, third baseman from San Francisco straight up for Dickerson right now.
1: Well, Dickerson of the three, because he's younger, um, he might be the one that I'd like to hang on to, you know, Um, you know, I, I could see him being a a real, if, I mean, again, it all depends on if this is who he is, his lack of power for a month and a half isn't good, but, but it would probably be more along the lines of Kemp or McCutcheon that I would drop. And again, and it wouldn't be to get something back because I'm talking about clearing space on my roster as players like Vlad's off the minor league DL now. So I need to him. Tyler O'Neill's on the minor league DL. But once he's off it, I, I'm going to start to have a logjam of players. There's just, you know, mm-hmm. there's no
0: question about it. I'm going to have to start dropping some players. Well, Tim has, um, you know, again, we, we we have these three teams that have kind of been running neck and neck all year. But still everybody, you know, still Tim this, Tim that. And the reason being, again, if you look at um, the trends, roster trends, <clears throat> you'll see. Tim is has done something that's very difficult to do, in, in that, every one of his starters is a ninety-seven percent start rate or better uh, in the league, and that's just very hard to do. So again, he, he, even though everybody's doing well, he has the the guys that most people have the most faith in throughout all of baseball, essentially. <laughs> Again, two injuries, and it's a whole different story. Like I said, I like Joe's bench better, Um, although Tim probably has the best bench player at the moment in Edwin Encarnacion. So again, he has been sliding some guy. He picked up Jose Martinez. Again, not a a huge bet, but he, he can do things at times. Cargo. Uh, we all know in the second half is is definitely capable of um, of turning it on and 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 he seems to to be um, to starting to do so. So again, not as strong on the reserve side, but um, but like I said, as far as the lineup goes, it would be very difficult to to put together a, a better starting lineup right now. Well, I was going to I was just going to ask Jack if he's
1: going on record as saying that, barring injury, he's the favorite <laughs> to win it all. <laughs>
3: I think we all have said that. I'm yeah, going Warren with LJ this year.
1: Guys, I was reading an article this week, you know, about Matt Carpenter and Chris Davis and the uh, comparisons between the two guys. You know, Chris Davis is having, they're, they're saying, the worst season in Major League Baseball history. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, statistically.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have him for how many more years?
1: He's in the. Th- Third year of a seven year one hundred and sixty one million dollar.
2: contract. Oh my God. That is
1: crazy. And they've deferred a lot of it like a la Bobby Bonilla to say, 2017
0: uh, or to 2037 rather. Bobby Bo called him and said, How'd you get that done?
1: Seriously. But they're saying that the you know, they they looked at his you know, he he's a classic pull hitter, he's never been a high average guy the thing that they've pointed out is that has killed Chris Davis that they said in the same article, um, it created a little road bump for Matt Carpenter uh, is all these aggressive shifts. How Chris Davis cannot overcome the shifts that they're employing against him. And as a result, he's going to have the worst season. He's going to have the worst batting average for a guy with, you know, 500 at bats. By 20 fucking points or more at this rate. You know, the, the previous two worst batting averages for qualified batters were Rob Deere and Dan Ugla. They both hit 179, and Chris Davis is hitting like 150 fucking six.
3: Would you rather have that contract on your books or the Albert Pujols deal?
2: Albert Pujol's 100 times out of
1: 100. Got, yeah. Got, you know, left handed batters who are trying to beat the shift. They're now tempted to try to overly, you know, hit line drives in between, you know, the shallow right fielder and the right field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they're topping the ball more than they used to. And that really for a left-handed batter, that typically results in a weak ground ball to the one guy on the left side of the infield, that whoever's playing that shortstop area position. Right. And that's what they said has killed Chris Davis is he's trying to make hard contact make hard contact where he thinks is a safe zone and he's, he's topping a lot of balls to the shortstop.
2: Yeah. I I never liked that. I didn't like that contract when they signed it. And I don't even think the shift was that big of a thing then. Was it?
1: No. But again, it just, it shows the inherent uh, schizophrenia of um, major league baseball, that that's not violating any sacred rules. They can, you can position guys all over the infield and and they don't, they're not plunking batters because Chris Davis is having the worst season in major league history. You'd think that, you know, now if, if, uh, if, if Chris Davis were to lay down a bunt in the eighth inning of a game, they had no chance of winning, you know, somebody's getting plunked, but the the fact that they're, they're paying this guy $161 million and he's having the worst season in major league baseball history You'd think Buck Showalter at this point would be like, "Hey man, you go out and you just start plunking guys if they deploy that fucking shift on on Davis."
0: I think <laughs> I think Seriously. it's it's there's got to be old-timers that fucking hate it, right? I mean, there's the like the old school baseball guys that got to got to sure. think it's fucking stupid, it's it's pushy, but but it's been accepted so quickly over all of baseball that i i think that's what it is not one team doing something abnormal uh to to create a a fight or an argument or something
3: well and uh, it's also not something new this this has gone on for decades shifting is to this
0: level though yeah it's crazy
3: yeah, not everybody's to, doing it now.
0: Right, it's become right exactly. Where where back then it was this abnormal situation that a few guys every now and then. Now it's just become common, so that's why I, I don't think there's any retaliation. It's just a matter of <clears throat> what guys can get past it and what guys are are being embarrassed by it, and and obviously there's going to be somebody. And well, uh, I, and I think that somebody's Chris Davis. <laughs> the fundamentals of of hitting
3: are being taught in a different way because you don't see you don't see batters change their approach nearly as often when they get two strikes on them. It used to be you'd choke up on the bat a little bit and you'd open your stance or close it depending on what you were trying to do when you got two strikes on you. You just don't see that anymore. There's a few players that do it, but but by and large they don't. And that's how you control where the ball goes.
1: But it is, it's not like they're I mean they're, it is disproportionate against left handed power hitters. So, again, it, it, just I'm saying how sensitive those fucking guys are. You'd think some of them would start boo hooing and complaining about it to the point where they'd be going spikes up on somebody, you know, doing something to disrupt it and then going on clubhouse
2: rants about that's why they're doing it. <laughs> let's go ahead and refresh our drinks, coffee, alcohol, whatever, and um, let's come back. We'll be back in just a minute. Joe, I want to ask you something. What do you think the value of Matt Kemp is from a trade perspective? If if Greg and I were to
3: to make a trade, I can't even believe he's still playing. He's, he's having, having a nice great year. year. Hold on, Greg. Hold huh? on. I
2: just let's just let's just. Oh, I says he's having a nice year. Yeah, but let, let's just try to. He's having
3: a good year. Um, he's going to be say... somebody that you drop next year, or force uh, him on somebody else in a trade for some prospect that they
0: want. I would say he becomes your. Best outfield bench player. If you were to if you were to uh, get him, but I don't, you know, I wouldn't like get rid of the farm or anything. He's no Francisco Mejia worthy or yeah.
2: He's he's scored fifty seven total points year to date, and Jose Martinez has
0: scored fifty five point eight. Forty of Martinez's was the first two months, but yes, I, I, yeah, that's or Brandon Nimmo at fifty two. Kemp right? yeah.
1: didn't earn a full time job until May.
2: That's why cargo at 48.8 with 75 less at bat i i, I just yeah. i'm trying to figure out at 33 years old batting between four and six in the dodgers lineup what the value would be
0: i don't think my ask was excessive i'm gonna say i'm gonna say up front that tim's gonna i'm gonna say that tim under offered and that greg over asked but go ahead oh boy
2: we don't even you need to be talk. a psychologist you nailed it. yeah right so basically <laughs> uh I offered Jacob Gonzalez, a third baseman for San Francisco, a, a minor leaguer. Pretty good prospect, but a lot of variability potential there.
1: Well, I, let me explain it. I just I just got done saying in the previous segment, though, that I have guys on injured reserve. I, I have too many players. Yeah. So I'm going to need to get rid of guys. So accepting yeah. a minor league player, even a quality one, I'd either have to make a decision like, OK, who am I going to bump off my roster for Jacob Gonzalez or... Yeah, Do I really have room on my roster? And I just don't have room.
2: I get that, right? So I didn't bark about that. That was no problem.
1: I asked for, I said, give me your first, first round player pick next year. Right.
2: And I said, I'll give you my second round player pick next year.
1: And then I countered with, give me your second round player pick. And for the next two years.
2: And I said. Second round. Uh, specifically, no, it's Matt fucking Kemp, dude, and you said C'est la vie. Yeah, right. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm putting that out there, guys. Was who's right? <laughs> no, not who's right, because it's all who's, whose value do you like the most? Who's who? Who are you agreeing with the most? Is my point.
3: At the end of the day, Tim is almost in a position of strength because if you're forced to drop Matt Kemp, then Tim could just pick him up. Or so could somebody else. They're well, that's true, but if Tim really wants him, he'll outbid
0: that other person for him. Maybe. Yeah, Matt Kemp, again, he's Matt fucking Kemp, but at, at the moment, he he's starting Matt in fucking 80, Kemp. 85% of the <laughs> leagues. He's batting 311 with 15 home runs. He's got 60 RBIs, and that I, lineup I was, just got stronger. You guys, when you were talking about it going back and forth when it came to my two second round picks then i did the deal at that point i i have matt Kemp.
1: yeah because and honestly tim and this is a compliment to you as good as you always are
0: that's the other thing those second round
1: picks are really like third round
0: picks. you know tim for yeah he can bind a second round pick in the fourth round they're really
1: like third round picks for for a lot of teams because you're you're always picking at
0: the last of the rounds because you're good and he does I mean, Tim, he like I said, it, it whether he's slightly better than all of your outfielders and your bench, he is, and he's better now than than all of them.
1: And he now he has Manny Machado hitting in front of him who's gonna get a base a ton and Ooh. it'll be another guy to knock in.
0: All right. Let me, let me think about it.
2: I'll, I'll have an answer by the end of the podcast.
0: It didn't seem too crazy one way or the other. I I would not have done the first deal. And that is so, you know, back and forth until that point, at that point, I could see it.
3: Why is it that you want more prospect picks? I thought your problem was you had too many. Well, because
1: prospects don't always pan out, you know what I mean? And they play winter ball.
0: They're like, some fucking they're like guys. girlfriends they're like dates for greg they just yeah. to really <laughs> they
1: have another one lined up well and again it, you know my whole my whole hope is that at least two or three of my current uh premier prospects break camp with their big league club next year or are you know, you know early a call-ups and so the thought of having some you know having the, the flexibility to have my two or three favorite prospects in the draft uh, would be good. You know, and then I can always use them to package them and deals and not whatnot. I'm not going to be good enough in time for Matt Kemp to be relevant for me. Tim's going to be, it is already good enough for Matt Kemp to be a relevant bench player for him. I need picks more than Tim needs picks because Tim has a solid team right now and I'm aspiring to that. So it seemed like a fair deal to
0: me.
2: You're very charming.
0: I mean, yeah, that, that, it does come down true. to the fact that Matt Kemp, much like the catcher that you guys made me pick up, will probably be useless on Tim's team because he's not going to start barring an injury. But
2: I thought, Jack, I thought when we talked on Friday that you agreed I was right and you were wrong. What are you talking about?
3: And what? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, were you happened? saying that you were right and I was wrong?
0: <laughs> i know
2: we talked for about 90 minutes and we just didn't we, did. we, we, we couldn't come seemed, to an understanding
0: it's, see we had to uh agree to disagree <laughs> as my many ex-wives would say <laughs> <laughs> so i i, so your I think your
1: ex-wives are a lot nicer than my ex-wives <laughs> <laughs>
0: they always said to me you're a
1: fucking idiot craig you know <laughs>
0: oh. my next job is to completely trash you greg so would you like me to proceed yeah go ahead so (laughs) i um you know back in the commissioner's seat now i um took some time this week and decided i'd you know go through the league and kind of brush up on everything make sure i'm you know aware of what's going on and who's doing what And, and i found some some at least to me seems interesting i think but you guys have heard that the um the greatest trick that the devil has ever played is to convince the world that he didn't exist. Correct? That is correct. This is quite So week by, week week by week um I have stood up and and admitted mistakes and 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 argued positional situations and the the clause as we'll now start calling it just to shorten it as the clause. But I've been very transparent and and you know showed my 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 situations each time and taking my lumps and many of them coming from Greg. <sighs> and um, during this time, many, many times over the last few weeks, I've heard, you know, Tim give uh, uh, accolades to Greg and, and for <laughs> spending money and, and he's picking these guys up. But hey, you picked up Corey Dickerson. Good job, man. You see, you're not giving up. You're you know, yeah. Greg's okay. So who, to win.
1: Who, who, who do you think I should be starting
0: that I'm not starting? He's trying to win. He's trying to to... to so uh, so I just kind of dug in a little bit and, and noticed that even though Greg is keep picking these guys up and he's trying to win, he's not winning. And and little by little. And granted, he did win this week. Yeah. Didn't look like he was going to this morning. His team uh, did. Took, a little, took a little turn on him this afternoon.
2: <laughs> Surprised the fuck out of him, didn't
0: he? First of all, one of the things I was going to point out is that while he picked up Corey Dickerson, he left him on his bench for a seven. Those type yeah. of things have happened a few times. Yeah, exactly. Again, like not, I was supposed to know yeah. Corey Dickerson was going to have his fucking seven. I'm just saying, you, you know, you pick the guy up. You have Off guys a that are losing. Yeah. But your team isn't doing good. So I there's obviously yeah, yeah. somewhere. I, I, w- I, w-
1: wanted, yeah. I,
0: I, I expected Corey
1: Dickerson was having a little bit of a resurgence.
0: It's a far. people. I it's didn't realize hard. that it was Greg, going to be some... Uh... in my opinion, has been buying his way to the number one pick last <laughs> next year. He has been quietly keeping us at bay by You're spending... You're giving me more credit than I deserve. There. Oh, look, I picked up Robinson Chirinos. Don't worry about it, guys. I'm trying to win, and we've all been over the fact that Robinson Sureno's isn't doing shit. During this time of picking up the Chirinosas and the Dickersons and while he's been trying to win on his what was up until this week, uh, this would have been a lot better if you had lost again. Yeah, okay, Terry
1: Mason. Besides Dickerson. During this time. Who else have I should have started on my monster bench that I
2: left on the bench? Don't let him talk over your your audio, uh, Jack. Just keep going.
0: There are ten staffs better than the St. Louis Cardinals available for pickup on the (laughs) wire and have been for the entire fucking season. Ever since he traded the top staff three weeks in all I'm saying is if you're really scouring the wire, if you're really trying to put your best foot forward and trying to win, maybe you could have added a little bit of points to the staff once or twice along the way. Well, he,
1: Okay, well, here's my thought. Um, the vagaries of pitching staves. I didn't. I've looked in those waiver wires, and I didn't see a big difference. And I'll honestly say that I've been ex- listen that I've been expecting the Cardinals to get better. <laughs> I don't know. If it's because I'm an, honestly. I'm not. I'm not lying. I don't know if it's because I'm a National League Central guy, and I'm used to the Cardinals seemingly always finding a way to be competitive. That I Week after week, I'm like, oh, well, that's an anomaly. They'll get back to more normal Cardinal-level pitching next week, next week, next week. And it hasn't happened. And I've said on the podcast that I'm getting killed by my pitching. You know, when I look at those staffs, and I, I didn't have a strong feeling about any of those other staffs.
0: The only staff the worse than the Cardinals in our league is nobody, because the Cardinals are the worst <laughs> staff. Wait a second. League. And there are, as I said, multiple staffs that are better than them this year, and uh, and could have been picked up. And uh, in- well,
1: believe me, I'm trying to win. I'll go on, and I will oh, find.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Staff. I know we, we all know you're trying to win. We know it, buddy. But I, can't I'm believe- is, I can't believe this. I can't believe. Might I'm be a little say this, but in Greg's
3: defense, Thank you, the Joe. difference. Between- everybody says, right. The difference between the Cardinal staff. And the best Joe, 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 12, 12. freaking points for the season. Thank
0: you, oh. thank Let's you. Let's not Joe. cloud the issue with that. <laughs> yeah, it was
3: facts. Yeah, with facts. I mean, yeah. while while I, I love to see Greg get bashed, it's it's why why do you
1: love to see get bashed. <laughs> it's always fun seeing the angry brother dishing
3: no so it out to everybody else.
1: I'm not. I'm the nice guy in the cast. Yeah, but I don't like American League staff. I've been on the record as saying that. And these, I mean, the pirates. I'm not going to pick the pirate staff. They lost two games in a week by 17 runs each. You know, and so there are the, five the, staffs better than the one. I, you've been I get all it. Season. I get it. But I, <laughs> I, I, I the only staff that I honestly am excited about on this list of free agent staffs. They're far down the list. It's the A's because of the run they're on right now.
0: The Mariners were actually a pickup. Mike actually. I don't the like the Mariners. I never. I don't like American League stabs. Maybe like, you sorry. don't like points. I don't know. Like God, maybe. You don't <laughs> Joe said it winning. best. Joe said it best. The oh, staff geez. that I should pick up is the Angels. I should point this out. I, I do not want to make any accusations. I was just mathematically going through the, the situation and, and wondering again. And it all started when he picked up Chirinos. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I told you that last week. And then now I get it. It's, it's diversion. He's like, oh, don't look over here. Don't look over here where I'm losing fucking eight points a game to everybody else. I'm picking up a fucking backup catcher that's going to get me 1.2 if I need him. So I'm,
1: At least done, I'm fielding a team every week with a full complement of backups. Okay, you know? so
0: maybe this is a little little redirection as well from last week, but still it doesn't <laughs> change the fact. When I put this whole thing together, you were down by eight. It was a lot funnier. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so Scotty responded, guys, and he said that he's not going to make any moves. He's not even going to play coy and say maybe, try to you know uh, throw his competitors off and force you guys into unnecessary trades. He's he's flatly saying. He doesn't intend to make any moves.
3: if, if you look at it from his perspective, well, maybe he doesn't feel like it's worth giving up something giving up some portion of the future. can Can he make up the difference between teams that are all twelve and four?
1: Well, that's exactly right. He is that's why he's the midball wizard because he is height I mean, you know, I guess there's a certain amount of um, kudos you have to offer the guy because he is he is disciplined in his approach. He doesn't see himself as a challenging for the title team this year, although I'm sure he would you know put his best lineup in if he makes the playoffs, but he is super disciplined in his mid-ball approach because he's he's uh, holding holding fast to his principles even though many people would be feel the pressure to like make a move, right? To go all in. I don't think I would do anything differently than what he's doing. I think he's doing the right thing. Of course you're saying that because you don't want him to get better.
3: Um, I don't know that he can get enough better to win the whole thing. Whoa, wasn't it, Joe? Gosh. No way he can beat me. That's no, not big even moves. close to what I said. <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. I don't think I have the best team right now. Well,
1: that's it's true. So clearly, Everyone Tim. yeah, clearly, Tim's is the best team. It's unequivocal. If he doesn't win at all, I'd be shocked.
0: I think Gregory we all predicted on, on record saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think all four of us agreed that yeah. going into the season, we all thought his was the best team. And I don't think anything's changed.
2: I, I am sitting here at this week, and there are three wins and one loss. And my team had the loss. So uh, out of. Yeah, corners- this,
3: this week doesn't. You, this is the week you throw out. It, it, it means nothing,
0: absolutely nothing. That's you right. hear that, Matt Carpenter? You <laughs> hear
2: that? Right. Greg just had the biggest day of his fantasy life in years. Right. And you just dismiss it. And
3: hey, um, listen, I would, if, if Matt Carpenter hadn't had an epic career week, three days, five games, I'd have lost that game by quite a bit. My pitching staff was six, point, uh, six points worse than his.
2: Well, boys, it's been fun. And uh, again, Greg, congratulations on uh, really one of the one of the best days I've seen uh, in a fantasy in a long time. And and Joe, um, again, congratulations to you as well. Great day,
3: not complaining.
2: And then uh, and Jack too, congratulations to you. Uh, another big win. Thanks, man.
3: It's almost like you were trying.
2: <laughs> All right, well, Jack, I, I look forward to seeing you on the ball field next week. Forty seven running against the Philadelphia Experiment too. Ooh, exciting. Founding fathers going at it. Uh Looking forward to it. Have a good night, guys. All right. Good night. Good night.
3: It's move on.
2: Wow! Look at that. Four twenty. Cool. 4- nice. Forty two. I'll be right back.
1: Four twenty. A little Freudian slip there from Mister <laughs> Oregon Pothead there.
3: The last guy to actually wear forty two. Oh
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well, what about Rivera?
3: For the Red Sox.
1: Oh yeah yeah. Posey.
3: Yes, I knew that. Okay, I ignored it. Um,
2: <laughs> three, two. One. I I wish I I don't have a thing that can beep out. If I could beep Beep. out, yeah, right, exactly. Maybe I just do. Oh (laughs) God.
1: Posy. We gotta nominate this week's pussies, right?
2: uh yeah, we can. Hold on, once. Yeah. You have? Did you have any ideas? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, Chris, I'm gonna. I'll say Chris Davis, and I
1: think based on that last text I got, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two right there. Let me let me let me scan my collective memory for their other posy. Is that a? Is that, You should ask your brother, Jack.
0: That that can't be a raccoon. That's got to be a red red panda, right? Yeah, it doesn't look like a raccoon. No, it's a raccoon. Yeah, trash it's pandas. A, That's why I, I didn't know. It's I was like, panda. "What the hell's a trash red, panda?" Red panda. Maybe, maybe if like r- kiss oh, had a
1: raccoon. Oh, oh that I get it. A trash panda is a raccoon. Is a
0: raccoon right? That's what I it took. Oh, me
1: god, in. boy, yeah.
0: their brother uh,
1: is a riddle. He's what on. on an he's an on the.
0: Enigma? He's on the edge of yes. It
3: is. All right. Actually, it looks more like if Gene Simmons had nice hair. <laughs> <laughs> Hosey.
1: My, next gonna like a, uh, <laughs> My next ex-wife is going to be like a mail-order bride.
2: My next ex-wife. Hosey, Wasn't someone saying something? I interrupted him oh. for a stupid joke. I Don't even let me say jokes, guys. Just you fucking do the jokes. You, uh, <laughs> it's way more entertaining when you...
3: These two guys were fucking an alligator.
2: That will be cut. That will be, I can guarantee you, that will not make it in.
3: Posey. What, what you really need, both of you need to do is have sparkling lights on your face when we're doing the podcast. Posey.
0: Yeah, I just said that a little bit ago. You're listening yeah. a great podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all listening really well. Um,
1: When's the trade deadline? I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Posey. In that case, if I was Tim, I would try to trade NCRT, and if I was Joe, I would probably put a package together and try to pick up (laughs) NCRT. Jack, are you going on record as
1: saying that if you were Tim, you'd try to trade NCRT if you were Joe, you'd put a package together? you going on record as saying that?
3: Oh, Stay man. away from my package.
2: Oh, or he'll go down on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can't oh, run from that one. Man. Oh my gosh,
1: posy.